Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. Hello, everyone. It's so good to, so good to see you all. Um, Phil and Kath Henry are in the building. So excited. It's so good to see you guys. Hello. Um, so tonight we are ending our series on Mark. Um, and we've basically, we've, we've spent, this is week eight, so it's been quite a long series. We've been looking at lots of different, we've been really taking a deep dive on who Jesus is, looking at lots of different facets of um, what he came to do from Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, Jesus, the mighty miracle-working Messiah, uh, the great teacher, the one who moves in love and compassion. And um, if, oh, Chris's message last, I don't know if Chris's message hit you as hard last week as it hit me, but that was phenomenal. If you haven't heard it, please go listen to it, talking about um, Jesus as a servant, servant leader and, and, and being a servant leader, even to the point of dying for us on the cross. It was absolutely phenomenal. And so tonight we're looking at the final chapter of Mark and the ending of Mark is really strange. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that right now. And I don't know if you've ever like, if you get into Netflix and you're like, there's just a series that you're binging and you're just like into Netflix or a TV series and, and you kind of, you get to the season finale, like the final episode of that season and you're watching it, and it's like, you know, the story's just, kind of, there's just everything is happening, there's all this stuff going on, and suddenly you realise there's like five minutes to go in the episode, and you're like, there is no way that everything's going to be tied up, like, in fi- you know, does anyone know what I'm talking about? That, that sort of, point. yeah, yeah. And so, like, you're kind of at this moment where you're going, okay, there is going to be this enormous kind of cliffhanger. Um, the book of, the ending of Mark is kind of like that, in some ways, because it is abrupt. Um, so abrupt in fact, that there's, if you look in your Bibles, you might actually see that there's two sort of extended endings that are usually accompanied by footnotes or something kind of saying that basically scholars seem to think that they weren't actually part of the original Gospel of Mark, they just were sort of added at some point later. But we're going to take Mark as we think it originally was, just with the very, very abrupt ending, and we're going to think about it that way, and and maybe there's actually something to that, maybe there's a purpose in the in the sort of abruptness. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Mark 6. Did I say Matthew before? No, no good. Okay, open to Mark. Open to Mark 16. Matthew's good too, but... Um, so Mark 16. So what's, what's happened here? Just a quick recap. Uh, we've, so we've been following the life of Jesus. Jesus has then been arrested. He's been nailed to a cross and crucified. He's died. He's been buried. So all of that has already happened. And now we're picking up kind of the last little bit. So we're following on from that. So Mark 16, verse 1, from verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will, roll away the, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. 
Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So we've taken this journey with, kind of with the disciples in a way, of discovering piece by piece as Jesus reveals more and more of who he is and, and why he's come. And then we've seen him do all these incredible things and then suddenly he is killed. Um, and then in the final, like, the final chapter, the final lines of the book of Mark, we've got these three women going to the tomb early on the Sunday morning. Um, they're having this conversation with someone who tells them that Jesus has risen and they leave feeling um, speechless and afraid, the end. And it's like, <laughs> what happens? Like, what did they, what did they do? Like, it's, it is, it's absolutely bizarre. And I'm so thankful that we have three other Gospels and that we have the rest of the New Testament because... Thankfully, those guys actually fill out a little bit more of the details and we find out, yes, the women do see the risen Christ themselves. They do end up going back and telling the disciples what they'd seen. The disciples see the risen Jesus on a bunch of occasions and Jesus appears to a whole stack of other people resurrected and, you know, all this stuff kind of happens. So I'm so thankful that we have those details elsewhere in the New Testament. But in Mark, we get, we get none of that. There's absolutely none of that ending. So what is going on? What is, what is Mark actually trying to tell us by, by doing this? And if you recall, um, in the very first week of the series, Lucy made like a really specific point to point out how the Gospel of Mark actually starts. And it starts with these words. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. That's how the Gospel starts. So what if Mark, by finishing his Gospel without an actual ending, is actually trying to reveal to us that the story hasn't actually finished. The story is ongoing. And just as the earliest disciples, the earliest followers of Jesus, had a role to play in the continuation of Jesus' story, that so we have a role to play as that story continues um, even on to this day. And interestingly, the book of Acts, which is written by uh, Luke, which continues the history on after the Gospels and, and moves it forward. The book of Luke is fascinating as well because it starts this way. This is how the book of, Luke's, uh, of Acts starts. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So it seems that even to the point where after Jesus was resurrected, and ascended back into heaven, all that Jesus had done up until that point, until his ascension, was just the beginning of what Jesus was actually doing and what he had planned to do. So I'm just going to, from, from kind of like right, right off the top tonight, I'm just going to, this, this is what I felt I, to share with you guys tonight. I'm just going to come out with it. So this is what I felt to share, that God has placed treasures in each and every single one of you, that he actually wants you to discover and explore in relationship with him in order that you can bring a unique part of God to the world and continue the story of Jesus. 
And for me, this, this all starts back in Genesis 1. God makes humanity with an identity. He makes us in his image. He makes us in his likeness. He gives us dominion over the earth. And there's so much that can be said in, in, in all of that. But for now, think about us as being made in God's image. We are image bearers. We have been created with the capacity to create a recognition of the person, the one who has created us. And if you think of it, if you've ever seen like a statue or a sculpture of a famous person, that sculpture is made in the image of the person that it's been created after. It's not the person itself, but it creates a recognition so that when you look at that sculpture, you recognize who it has been created in the image of. And it's exactly the same with us as image bearers of God. We have been created, each and every single one of us, with the capacity to reflect God, to, to, to create a recognition of who he is to, um, to the people around us. So isn't that cool? Yeah. That's, that is just awesome. So knowing who God has created you to be is going to be powerful, right? And as believers... We do have things that, if you are a believer in Jesus, there are things that we are all called to. There are things we're all called to do. We're all called to love God. We're all called to love others. We're all called to share the good news of Jesus. We're all called to do the kingdom stuff. That's stuff that we all share. And because we have each been created uniquely as well, with a unique set of gifting, a unique set of passions, unique callings, unique assignments, it means that we can each individually partner with God um, in showing something of God to, to the world around us. And as I'm speaking about this, one thing I want to be careful of, because I think it's easy for us to, when we start to talk about these kinds of topics, it's easiest for us to come to the place where it means, okay, this means I need to do X, Y, and Z. This is something I need to do. Or what job should, should I have? Or what career should I be going after? Or what do I need to do in my life now? And I just want to say that I, I believe that when we're, when we're talking about um, our role and our purpose and who we've created to, us to be, uh, who God's created us to be, it's not primarily about what we do. Um, although, obviously, it will contribute to, or it will, it will sort of steer us in different directions as to what we, what we would do. But primarily, what we are talking about here is learning who to, who, to discover who we actually are who God has created us to be in light of what Jesus has done for us. And so it's actually a relational journey that we take with God. And the whole foundation for this is that you are loved, that you are accepted, and that you are chosen by God. So it means that you belong. It means that you're, you're treasured by God and no amount of things you do or do not do can ever change that. And so if you hear nothing else from this message tonight, I want you to hear that you are loved, that you are a cherished son or daughter of God. That is who you are. And that is the foundation for everything that we do. And as we continue to grow in our relationship with God, we can begin to discover the ways that he has uniquely created us and the way that he has made us, built us in partnering with him. And there's this amazing passage in Colossians 1, 15 to 16 that says this, the son, that's Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, 
All things have been created through him and for him. All things have been created through him and for him. So there's two implications I want to draw out of this little bit that I think are super important. The first is, I want to go as far as to say, it is impossible for you to discover who you truly are unless you are in relationship with Jesus. And the reason for that is because this verse tells us that we were created for him. So we can only ever find who we, are, who we truly are and who we've been created to be in connection with Jesus. Secondly, if I was created through Jesus and for Jesus, then that means that all of my dreams, my passions, my desires, those deepest gut cries of my heart that God has given me have been created for Jesus. There is a purpose that, uh, that God gives to the treasures, to the things that he places in us, that he wants us to uncover and discover and walk with him in, in continuing the story of Jesus on this earth. So how do you know what your treasures are? How do we discover who God has created us to be? Well, I think that um, only God can really tell you individually the answer to that. And I would just encourage you to... to um, to spend some time with him this week and actually ask those questions. Sit down and ask, um, ask God those questions. But here's just, I just want to give you three questions to consider um, as you sort of explore this with God. The first one is, what are the passions that God has placed in you as you continue to walk with him? That's the first one. Number two, what are the things that make you come alive in the kingdom and what can you do now to partner with God in those things? So often I think about, like, I'm sort of getting a little bit older now, but, like, growing up I was always thinking, oh, well, when this happens, when this happens, I can serve God, or when I get to this place, or when I know this much, or when I've had these encounters or whatever. But what I'm learning is it's actually not so much about waiting for something to happen. It's stepping into the things that he's giving you now. That's what's going to bring you towards um, the things that, that he has for you. And number three... Ask God and yourself what naturally flows out of you. Or I like, to think it, I, I like to think of it this way. What comes out of you when you are truly being you? Um, what do I mean by this? Well, we, um, as a part of Sockham a few weeks ago, we had, we had this crazy, amazing talk from Carolyn Yoda. Um, it was on identity, actually. She was speaking on identity, but she, she asked herself these questions that I just never thought about it in this way before and I found them super super helpful so she said she asked herself how do people encounter God through me or what does God do through me so what are the things if we have Jesus living in us if he is if he is in us and he's given us treasures then when people are interacting with us there is something of God they should be experiencing so what are those things? What are the things that God actually um, does through us? And of course, talk to the people who are close to you and ask them these questions because they're going to be able to potentially see things on your life that, that maybe aren't as easy for, for you to see. Um, so practically speaking, you can think about these things. Are you an encourager? Do you see treasures in people that, um, that other people don't? Are you entrepreneurial? Do you, do you thrive when you're building teams and when you're building culture? Do you love to help people connect with each other um, and, 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 and bring them to a place where they feel loved and feel welcomed? 
Do you, does your heart break when you see injustice? And do you just have this drive inside of you to, to speak up for the people who don't have a voice? Do you love awakening people to God's beauty and his glory through art and through dancing and through writing and through music? Do you love to come alongside people who are going through hardships and doing really tough and walk through that with them and bring them to a place of hope and freedom? Um, For me personally, I love the presence of God. Connecting with the presence of God is like, I'm just... just, all about it. I absolutely love it. And I love seeing people connect with the presence of God. Those moments where he becomes so real that you know that he's just with you, that he's speaking to you, that he truly is walking alongside you. Um, I love that. I love that. And one of the, the, um, the ways that this plays out for me practically is that I love seeing God's presence tangibly touch people through healing. So I love seeing God's presence come and, and heal an illness that one second is there and the next second is gone. Or whether it's relational healing or whether it's spiritual healing. I love seeing the presence of God just touch people. The look on someone's face when they have just been healed of something is just absolutely priceless. And so my question is this. Could it be that the very reason my heart breaks when I see someone who needs healing, is because God has chosen to share a piece of his heart with me in order that through me, his heart for healing can be manifested on the earth. Could it be possible that the treasures that God has given you, he has placed there because he has chosen to share a piece of his heart with you so that that treasure would be manifested on the earth through you? There's um, another great passage, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I believe that God wants to do amazing things through his people. And think about it. God has given you a unique personality, a unique set of passions and gifts Your circumstances are unlike anyone who has ever walked the planet or ever will. There is no one that can speak into the exact circumstance in the exact same way that you can. And if you connect that with Jesus, you can image God in a way that simply no one else can, which means that you have an integral part to play in the unfolding mission and story of Jesus on the earth. And I wonder, and I... I say this somewhat hesitantly, but I wonder, I'm just going for it. I wonder if in our good intentions sometimes we, and, 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 I'm, and I mean this, in our good intentions that we're trying to be honestly humble before God, I wonder if we actually downplay the treasures that he's played in us in attempt feeling like we need to be humble. Like I wonder if sometimes we kind of, we get to this place where we feel we almost need to say things like, God, less of me and more of you, less of me and more of you. And I, and I honestly, I understand that that is coming from, from a good place, but I wonder if that actually disqualifies us from stepping fully into the things that God has actually given to us for a reason. And I wonder if it's not so much us thinking less of me and more of you. I'm becoming more and more convinced that the heart posture that I should have is, God, I give all of me to you for you to fill with 
all that you are so that I can actually step into the kingdom purpose you have and be the biggest influence for you in the places that I have influence in my life. That, I believe, is what God is calling us into. Because Jesus paid the highest price possible for you to know that you're loved, that you are a new creation, that you're united with Christ, that you have the Holy Spirit living in you. And I believe it is time for us to awaken to who we truly are, to the treasures God's placed in us, and we start to, in partnership with Jesus, in relationship with him, step fully into the things that he has given us in order to fulfill the mission and the story of Jesus that is still continuing to this day. And so as we... Um, as we bring this series to a close, I just want to, for a moment, just take us back to where we started tonight. And that was in that amazing situation of the women leaving the tomb. They've just been told that Jesus has risen. I mean, that, that moment is crazy. Um, and just thinking about what, you know, that, that being in that place, what would they do? Would they, would they respond in faith? And I wonder if in, in those moments and in the kind of, you know, hours and days that were to come, I wonder if the pieces of the puzzle were just starting to all kind of fit together for them. That like the penny was starting to drop, that this Jesus that they had followed for all this time now, this one that they loved, that they saw healing people and saw casting out demons and saw raising people from the dead and moving in compassion. This one that was just like doing these, the one who died for them. And now the realization of the one who had actually defeated death and risen back from the dead. I wonder if like in their brains, they were starting to say all of these things that like we were, we were dreaming and, and, and almost scared to dream that God was this good, that he was this loving, that he was this powerful, that he cared about us this much, that he would come and do this. I wonder if they were starting to realize it's all true. It's like it's happening and it's, and it's all true. And now their whole lives could become this journey with the risen Christ that they could be filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And now they were called to share this good news with everyone. And many of us I know in this room tonight have had that realisation before with Jesus. And if you haven't, um, or you'd like to, uh, you will have a moment, um, a chance to do that in a few moments. But, but here's the thing. Your life means something. Your faith in Jesus means something. Your journey, your obedience, your risk, your yes, it all means something very, very valuable. Because we know that we're not just here to sit around and wait around until Jesus rescues it and brings us to heaven. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring heaven here. And each of us have a place in that. And we know the things and we're growing in the things that he's called us to and we can journey with God to know the treasures that he has placed in each and every single one of us, that he is calling us, I believe, to step into, even now, even tonight in our lives, to step into them and start to walk in them fully in order to bring glory to Jesus and to continue this story of God's kingdom coming until he comes again. So why don't you stand and let's, um, let's, let's pray. I do have to say, I really do feel like God wants to do some stuff tonight. I know he always does, but I, I, just, I just feel like there's some things that he wants to do. So we're going to take our time. So um, I was going to say, this is how it's going to work. I have no idea how it's going to work. But how it's going to start is I'm just, I'm just going to encourage you guys just to 
take a moment and be ready to receive from God. So, um, is Sean still here? Sean, do you want to come up and play, please? <laughs> so let's just pray. So just, just be ready to receive from God. Holy Spirit, we love you so much. Father, I thank you so much for what you have revealed to us about yourself through this series, that we've been able to see, Jesus, who you are and what you're calling us to do. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, would you just come now and would you just fall? Would you just fall upon each person here in this room and on the live stream right now? Holy Spirit, would you just come and fall? And I ask now, Lord, would you pinpoint those treasures Would you speak to each person about those treasures? Maybe they're treasures that are just coming to light. Maybe they're things that have been forgotten. Maybe they're things that we knew about and just were afraid to step into. Lord, would you just highlight those treasures? We give you this moment. Would you just come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us on this?